Welcome to CME on Reach MD. This activity titled Family Planning with MS, Closing the Gaps, is provided in partnership with Topec Global and is supported by an independent educational grant from Merck KGA, Darmstadt, Germany. Before starting this activity, please be sure to review the disclosure statements as well as the learning objectives. Your host is Dr. Jiwon Oh. Family planning creates many questions for patients, both male and female, and when that patient has multiple sclerosis or MS, the number of concerns only increases. With recent data and new therapy options, practitioners are experiencing more and more challenging questions about the management of MS and family planning. This is CME on ReachMD, and I'm Dr. Jiwon Oh. Today, I'm with Dr. Luigi Lavornia, who's going to review our first challenging patient case, and Dr. Pat Coyle, who will provide insights on our second case that is focused on both partners, and this case will be discussed next. Dr. Lavornia and Dr. Coyle, welcome to you both. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm delighted to be participating in this very important topic. So let's jump right in here, Dr. Lavornia, and review the first case together. Alice is a 23-year-old female who was diagnosed with relapsing remitting MS at the age of 22 following an episode of optic neuritis and suggestive lesions on a prior MRI. She is at her neurologist's office for a one-year checkup. She has been prescribed interferon beta and has not shown any worsening disease activity in the last year, which is reassuring. Three months ago, Alice got married and now she has questions about starting a family. So, Dr. Lavornia, what advice would you give her to begin the family planning discussion? Okay, okay. Um, uh, this question uh, is the, the first question uh, about the parenthood uh, that I received after diagnosis. Uh, every patient wants to know if uh, um, his or her life uh, will, be, uh, will be with the, the possibility to have a family and the family planning is one of the most important issues um, from the beginning of the the, the disease um, this uh, patients uh, this female uh, this young female patients patients is a uh, is a very um, is very uh, important uh, for uh, our um, our job because uh, our job is to to say the the right things and in the in the right way uh, because we know that ms multiple sclerosis uh, um, doesn't impact uh, on the uh, the possibility to have a family and also the uh, a pregnancy uh, and the possibility to have a family it does impact on MS course. We have um, um, we have um, drugs, uh, disease modifying therapies uh, uh, that uh, in um, in many studies show that there is no impact on on the pregnancy, on the, the health of the baby, and uh, on the disease of the, the female. But uh, and. Uh, with the, with the, the new drugs uh, we have now um, at disposal 
to the people with for the people with MS. We, now we have some problems because many of these new drugs has an impact, and uh, maybe uh, when uh, a female wants to make a baby, wants to be pregnant. Um, maybe the first uh, person that uh, has to know this condition as the air neurologist, because uh, um, for for many uh, drugs uh, we make a uh, a, a the, the the female has to discontinue the therapy uh, before she. Uh, um, before pregnancy, uh, but not with the, the traditional uh, uh, drugs. Now, a few weeks later, Alice is back in her neurologist's office with her husband, John. He has a number of additional questions about starting a family, specifically relating to the impact of MS on the health of the child before and after birth, as well as how pregnancy might affect Alice's MS. How would you respond to John's concerns, Dr. Lavornia? Mm -hmm. I respond to, uh, to John um, in a very simple way, because there is no study um, that uh, showed uh, that MS can, um, can impact on the health of, the, of a, a child. And, uh, and there is no um, possibility that MS is a, uh, a genetic uh, um, genetic disease uh, then the, the the boy or the girl can has the, the same disease of the of their of their mother and uh, the science is a uh, is a uh, very sure about that now after 30 year, years of studies we can be sure that a child of a patient's female, but also a male patients are a normal baby, not, not impact on the health of this baby. Because um, the pregnancy uh, many times uh, um, is uh, for nine months the perfect, the perfect therapy for the disease because in many many cases uh, during pregnancies uh, the female doesn't have any relapse sometimes uh, after uh, after childbirth sometimes uh, the relapse uh, begin again if before the pregnancy the disease uh, was uh, quiet uh, we can take a time after childbirth but if the disease are very active or simple active after the pregnancy, maybe it's better to, uh, to make in therapy gain these patients after childbirth. And lastly, how might your recommendations to Alice and John be different should she have relatively active MS at the outset of starting family planning? Uh, yes, for this couple, uh, we um, we have to uh, to uh, investigate the, the the story before the pregnancy of the of the woman. 
um, because uh, um, the activity before the pregnancy are the, the, the most important uh, issue to consider, um, to consider to um, make again in therapy after pregnancy. Um, for in my in my experience, uh, in my experience, uh, sometimes uh, it's better to make it therapy with the with the one of the the drugs of the DMDs. Uh, this is modifying drugs uh, that in in traditional way uh, um, we can use during the pregnancy. Uh, then uh, uh, after um, the decision uh, to make a, a a baby, uh, many times uh, I use uh, interference, uh, but also copolimero, glatyrem uh, uh, to uh, like a bridge therapy, just for the, the, the time of the pregnancy, childbirth, and breastfeeding. For those just tuning in, you're listening to CME on ReachMD, and I'm Dr. Giwano, and today I'm speaking with Drs. Pat Coyle and Luigi Lavornia about multiple sclerosis and family planning. So I'd like to turn to you now, Dr. Coyle, and get your thoughts on the following patient. Samuel and Victoria have been married for three years. He is 27 and she is 24. They wish to start a family but are concerned since Samuel was diagnosed with MS at the age of 25. Although he is well-functioning and shows no obvious disability, Samuel is concerned his MS, or the disease-modifying treatment he is currently using, will affect his fertility and will result in a miscarriage or some type of genetic abnormality. He indicated that he is willing to stop taking his medication until Victoria becomes pregnant. So, Dr. Coyle, how would you counsel Samuel and Victoria as they plan a family? Well, I think this points out a very important feature. MS affects young people, and therefore family planning may be a very important topic. And I think it's important to bring it forward so that you're introducing it and patients can ask specific questions. It also points out, although we really focus on women with MS, there's a significant minority, 25% of MS individuals who are men. And uh, it's important to be able to counsel them appropriately um, as well. It's interesting that there seems to be really a knowledge gap with regard to family planning and the impact of disease-modifying therapies. In one recent series, about 40% of women with MS and almost 75% of men with MS did not know if specific disease-modifying therapies being taken by men with MS had any effect on pregnancy or could harm their non-MS uh, uh, female spouse. So this is a real knowledge gap, clearly. Now, there's been a lot of focus on pregnancy in MS, and we know that MS does not affect the ability to become pregnant or to have a, a normal pregnancy and bring to fruition a normal baby. When we look at the studies focusing on men with MS, they're much uh, more unusual. I can think of a British Columbia study and an Italian study that really focused on men with MS who became fathers. 
And although the numbers are not huge, and those are two studies that focused on men compared to many more studies that focused on women with MS, it was very reassuring. A man having MS, his duration of disease, his disability had no impact on the pregnancy of his wife. Normal babies, normal size, normal weight, normal gestational age. And in the Italian study, they compared MS men who were taking a disease-modifying therapy versus those that were not and who fathered a child. And the disease-modifying therapies had no impact on uh, spontaneous abortions or congenital malformations. So these are very, very uh, comforting studies that indicate uh, a father having MS doesn't have a negative impact on pregnancy. Now, the American Academy of Neurology AAN practice guidelines from 2018 call out among all the disease-modifying therapies, too, for considerations for men taking the DMT if they're going to father a child. It was cyclophosphamide, which is not an FDA-approved agent for MS and is very rarely used at the current time, and teraflunamide, one of our oral agents that we know can uh, enter semen. But in a recent study of 10 men taking teraflunamide, uh, and they looked at their female non-MS spouse, six had no detectable levels of teraflunamide at all. The other four had very, very mild or low levels of teraflunamide. So this is reassuring that at least for the oral uh, DMT teraflunamide, uh, if the man is taking it, you can actually check his spouse's blood level to see if there's anything to be concerned about. With the other DMTs, there's really no worry whatsoever with the man taking the disease-modifying therapy. So really, uh, the, the information that I would provide to Samuel and Victoria is no special concerns based on Samuel having MS. If he's not on teraflunamide, there's no concern and no worry about coming off his uh, any of the other FDA-approved disease-modifying therapies. Would I do special genetic testing on the pregnancy? Not because of the MS. Not because of the MS. MS does not convey a high-risk pregnancy. So it would be independent factors. We now have pretty broad genetic testing that's possible uh, during pregnancy. And I think the decision to do that or not would be made independent of the MS of the father, I think uh, the age of the mother, et cetera. So based on Sam's situation, Dr. Coyle, what are the key points to consider for both male and female patients with MS that are planning for a family? So I think the key points are to bring into the open family planning open up that dialogue, open up that uh, discussion, and speak very frankly. I think we can have very reliable data that says having MS for the woman or the man who is looking to become a parent uh, does not convey any special risk to the child. For the majority of disease-modifying therapies, it is really uh, not um, an issue. And I think open dialogue, communication, and knowledge is power. So this is a very important topic to discuss. Those are all really important things to consider. 
And with those key points in mind, I want to thank my guests for helping us better understand how we can help our patients manage MS during the childbearing years. Dr. Lavornia and Dr. Coyle, it was great speaking with you both today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I was delighted to participate. Thank you very much. This activity was provided by Topec Global. To receive your free CME credit, be sure to complete the post-test evaluation at reachmd.com CME. This is a CME on ReachMD. Be part of the knowledge.